0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode 138. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. How's it going over there, Barbara? In the cold north. Yeah, well, it's going pretty good for a nice fall Friday. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Let's, uh, ugh.
1: it's good. It's going good. It's going good. Good to know. I am ready for the weekend, finishing up some big cases on my desk, and then I am going to go hang out and relax, and I can't wait. In your 80-degree weather? In my 80-degree weather. <laughs> you can say that, All right. You're not superstitious
0: about Friday the 13th?
1: Nah, I'm not superstitious no. about anything. So yeah, no, it's a good day so far. Yeah. Can't get any worse, right? I mean, really? No, I'm more
0: worried about 2020 in general than <laughs> one day out of the whole year. I mean, <laughs> yep. it's not that bad. We're just going to breeze <laughs>
1: right on through this sucker. <laughs>
0: So we have two big announcements to make here on the podcast. The
1: first is the official word that Vision 21, which is held every year in January in Vegas, has been rescheduled. Yay, drum roll please. Also, not only has it been rescheduled, but we are moving it. Let's hope the world is in a better place in the spring so we can all go. So this year, Vision 21 will be held in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Gaylord Opryland Resort, April 8th through the 10th. So mark your calendar. Make sure you set aside the time to attend this amazing event. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I am just ready for a meeting. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to see all my friends. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, it's no secret that Visions 21 is one of our favorite meetings of the year. And it's sad that it's not in January. It's sad that it's not in Las Vegas. But I'm happy that we're going to the polar opposite end of Las Vegas, <laughs> which I guess is Opryland Resort. Yeah,
1: you and I will probably be live out there, too, which is I love live.
0: Absolutely. I surely hope so. Our second announcement is a milestone for this podcast. Woo-hoo! Yeah, within two minutes of this episode, Voices from the Bench will have a combined total of 100 hours of content available anytime people want to listen.
1: That's a lot of time we spent together, just
0: saying. Way too much time, Barb. (laughs) Way too much time. I don't know how I made it. That doesn't even account for all the times we've edited out. (laughs) (laughs) So when we started this podcast, we used to break up every interview into two episodes, Just to make sure we kept each episode a little under 30 minutes. But during the COVID and me being furloughed, we decided to make each episode a full hour and not to break up the interviews, which means more content with different topics, because basically that's what Barb and I like to do is just talk to people. And we get to talk to more people if we do it every week. Yay! Let's look forward to the next hundred hours. Let's fill it with some great content. So if you want to be on the podcast or know someone who would like to be on the podcast, send us an email at info at voices from the. Bench.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to have any one of you on the show. So this week we are back at the Dental Laboratory Association of Texas conference at the Argon booth. Well, we weren't really there. We were live, not live, because our good friends at Argon set up a laptop and microphone and the wonderful Keith Wilson, the local Argon rep, got people to sit down and chat with us all day awesome so this week we talked to two wonderful people from the texas area first up is larry mercandell cdt retired veteran and past dlat president who has as much passion for this industry after leaving the bench than he had when he was on it yeah and then we chat with Scott Magee, CDT who owns Precision Ortho Lab in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He comes on to talk about his lab, where it's been, and where it's going. So join us as we chat with Larry and Scott from the Argon booth at the DLAT meeting. Hey Barbara, have you heard about Orident and their new partnership? You mean up? 3D all this? Exactly. The new P5 milling machine by Up3D.
1: Is it another private label milling machine on the market? Actually, no.
0: That's the cool thing. Up3D actually manufactures their own mills.
1: Wow, that's awesome. What is the
0: P5 milling machine offering? Well, for starter, the P5 is a 5-axis efficient dry mill.
1: All right, so that's super ideal and totally convenient, but what about the quality of the milling?
0: Well, it boasts software that produces high precision and fast milling. It can mill a crown, get this, in 14 minutes, and the tool life yields about 60 to 80 hours of quality restorations. Wow, that must be super expensive software, do tell. The cam nasting software is
1: included at no additional cost. Come on, that's a super great cost savings for any lab.
0: Budget-friendly without compromising
1: any of the performance. All right, so let's talk about price.
0: Well, the funny thing is it retails for only... $18,000.
1: $18,000. Wow, that's a super game changer for labs of all sizes, big and small. Under twenty k, a small lab can now do their own milling instead of outsourcing. But don't forget the medium and larger labs can benefit big time from this too.
0: The UP3D recently
1: opened a home office in California near Oradent. So does that mean the mill ships from California and the remote technical support is also in California?
0: Yes, Barbara, you are correct, All right. obviously, as always. <laughs> they are both in the United States in Southern California. All you got to do is call our friends over at Orident 1-800-422-7373, or you can visit their website at Orident.com. We appreciate your support of the podcast, Orident. Thank you. Voices from the Bench The Interview We are happy to have here at the Argon booth at the DLAT live, not live recording we're joined by Larry Merkendel. Am I say that right? Merkendel. Merkendel. How are yeah. you today? I'm doing
2: well. Things are off to a good start.
0: Nice. Oh. nice. So what do you do in Texas?
2: Well, I'm going uh, to give you a little quick peanut version of how I got here I guess. Yeah, please. Saying. Uh born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Spent the first 18 years of my life doing a and they're just doing the usual stuff, you know. Now I hear the, the accent. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I like uh, it.
2: Graduated high school and went right straight into the United States Air Force, okay. My first few years in the Air Force I was uh aircraft maintenance as an aircraft maintenance technician had the opportunity. I don't know if you can call it an opportunity, but was definitely <laughs> given orders to go to Vietnam. So I'm wow. a Vietnam veteran, spent a little time during the war, and uh, I know what it's like to be shot at. And yeah. one man said in one of the records, you can shoot at me all day long, just don't hit me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your service, that's for So sure. then when
2: I got back to the States, I decided that I didn't want to have uh, aircraft maintenance anymore. Had the opportunity to cross-train and I cross-trained into one of the fields that was actually open on a list of fields that are eligible for cross-training. And cross-training just simply means that, you know, you change jobs in the Air Force. And so I changed to dental laboratory and became a dental laboratory technician. And that was in 73 that I graduated school. So that's going back a little bit. Uh, what made you choose that? Always been very good with my hands and I always did the drawings and artistic stuff, you know, so freestyle drawing just on my own doing things and then mechanical drafting uh you know making little projects around the house or whatever Uh, so i've always been uh, somewhat skilled if you will with my hands and things so when i had the opportunity to do dental lab and they told me what it was about i kind of jumped right on it wow nice
1: So you fell in love with it, I'm sure, right away.
2: It did not take very long. It did not take very long at all. And a big part of that reason was because I kind of started off in uh, complete dentures, making full mouth dentures and Mm -hmm. just with teeth. And oftentimes, you know, you think about uh, dentures, you think about grandparents and elderly people and things like that. So it was always fun to be able to have something to do that would help those kinds of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was very, very exciting for me. I think almost everybody may have seen uh, some sort of a denture at one time or another, but didn't call it a denture. Just said, oh, my my, my grandma got a plate and a mouth." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that was always funny to find out what the real names of all of these different parts and things <laughs> that we were putting into people's mouths, you know. Wow. So that was pretty exciting.
1: Do you own a lab now?
2: No, I've never actually been a dental laboratory owner. And during my time after I cross-trained from aircraft maintenance into dental lab, I moved around several times, different bases and doing different things, and became uh, very well-versed in all phases or facets of, and disciplines in the dental laboratory career field. Awesome. So I eventually came here to Bergstrom Air Force Base in Austin, Texas, and that's a part of the reason why I'm still living in Austin, Texas today. When I got to Bergstrom Air Force Base, Dr. William K. Lackey, was a board-certified prosthodontist, and he was a laboratory officer in the dental lab at Bergstrom Air Force Base. So he was ready to get out and leave the military, and that was in 85, and yeah, he uh, opened his practice in 86. Uh. So I was coming out of uh, Shepard Air Force Base as an instructor, so I was an instructor for about five years teaching the dental laboratory course to new people that were coming in mm-hmm. to the field and being dental laboratory technicians for the United States Air Force. So I came here to uh, Berksham Air Force Base, met Dr. K. Lacky. Like I said, he got out in about 85 and started his practice in 86. And I was eligible to retire in uh, January 1st, 1989. But I ended up leaving the military right about uh, December 1st, 1988. <laughs> so by that time, I give Dr. K. Lacky a phone call. And he had already established his uh, dental practice downtown in Austin. And by us having this opportunity to work together for about, oh, 15 months or so, 16 months or so, he was thoroughly impressed and literally blown away by my skills and capabilities
3: Mm. of uh,
2: fabricating various kinds of uh, prosthesis. So when I gave him a call, one of the uh, office manager at the time, her name was Angela. She answered the phone and said, are you Larry Mercadell from the base? I said, uh, yes, I am. She says, well, stay on the phone. I know he wants to talk to you because we just talked about you this morning at a meeting, okay? Nice. And I'm absolutely certain he wants to talk to you. So he comes to the phone, you know, slightly out of breath after going up the stairs or whatever, <laughs> getting there in a hurry to get to the phone. And he says, hey, hey, man, are you are you ready to go to work? <laughs> that was the only question that he asked me. Yeah, just like, good interview. Uh, good yes, interview. sir, I am ready to go to work, you know? We got started in December of 1988 with the plan and everything else of being able to uh, hit the ground running in January 1989. So I've been fully retired from the military since January 1989. And I started with uh, Dr. K. Lackey as a dental laboratory, in-office dental laboratory technician, fabricating all types of prostheses. And got us involved with Dental Laboratory Association of Texas around about oh, 2007 or 8. Mm-hmm. Started coming to the meetings and... Getting involved I initially started with um, just being a photographer for the uh, DLAT. Oh, One of the other things that I like to do is just take pictures and snapshots, nothing really professional and things like that. But it turns out most people liked my work and uh, got to taking pictures for the uh, DLAT. So quite a few of the photos that you would see, maybe posted online or whatever, would uh, be several of my photos. Nice. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is cool.
0: So you've been documenting it with photos since 2008.
2: Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and nice. uh, taking these various pictures and things. I don't do it as much as I should be doing it, probably. Yeah, and uh, just the way it is. But it's been fun. And in 2012, I was able to become the president of the Dental Laboratory Association of Texas, which is oh, very, very exciting. Also,
1: president. Congratulations on that.
2: Well, thank you very kindly. Appreciate it. And that was being elected, of course, by the general membership. I was thoroughly uh, surprised by that, hmm. but it worked out real well. After I retired from uh, Dr. William Kalaka's office in 2013, I no longer do any type of hands-on dental laboratory work, but people will call me from uh, time to time and ask me questions or have a discussion about things. Or I still go to see Dr. Kalaka. He is my doctor or dentist, and uh, nice. so we still see each other from time to time. And we're always getting into discussions about what's the newest thing out there, what's coming next, since I'm uh, constantly involved, if you will, through the DLAT. And this is my way of kind of like giving back, you know. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting comparison real quickly. When I was in the schoolhouse for five years teaching the dental laboratory course, I was just literally blown away one day when I was sitting around thinking about some things of what we had as far as education, experience, and knowledge of the field and things, all right? Mm-hmm. So at one time at Shepherd Air Force Base, we had 33 dental laboratory instructors. That's everybody from the entry-level side over to the advanced side, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of those 33 dental laboratory technicians, we had... 300 plus years of dental experience. Wow. That blew my head. Okay. (laughs) That's
0: a lot of experience.
2: That's a lot. There was virtually nothing that could be asked that we would not be able to solve or know someone who knows something about it. Sure. That to me was just unbelievable. Okay. So I like the DLAT for that same reason. When we have our Dental Laboratory Association meetings, we have enough people here and so many years of dental laboratory experience, and this is coming from the very newest dental laboratory technician, okay? to some of the very oldest dental laboratory technicians that shows up at our show. Yeah. You know, you can walk through the hallways and pick up all kinds of little nuggets, right? Yeah. (laughs) Of uh, getting your questions or problems resolved or something along that nature. And, of course, the introduction of all of the new equipment and new materials. So I'm, I'm finding the field to be very, very exciting, very, very innovative. Very, very on target, on track, very, very futuristic in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With all of the computer inventions and things. It's just absolutely exciting.
1: What's it like for you to finally be at a meeting? Is it amazing to get out and network and see all your old friends and new friends? Yeah,
2: that's exactly. That's all of the, the big thing about it. Also, not only finding about the various materials, the equipment, things like that, but also the camaraderie having the opportunity to hang out with uh, some of the people that I've actually worked with over the years mm-hmm. and to see them doing well, especially during this uh, COVID time and COVID period, you know, mm-hmm. the unprecedented new norm that yeah. we hope will be very, very temporary, right? No, <laughs> sure. Yeah, and hopefully we'll all have the opportunity to just go through this like, uh, you know, the people in our, in our history that have been hit with uh, various kinds of pandemics or, you know, big problems or whatever. They may have been challenged with at the time, but we're still able to go through it. So this is our chance to go through this.
1: That's for sure. Elvis and I actually wish we were there. We were there last year, so we were actually live. And just being able to talk to everybody and see how everybody's doing and how they're enjoying the meeting, it's been a great day so far. I love it. 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 It's
2: been a really great day. It's uh, nice and kind of cool down here in uh, Plano, Texas today, you know, getting to be October, so it's a little bit cooler than normal. Mm -hmm. That's really really nice. Uh, I remember last year when we were there; it was hot. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was March. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. March is a uh, is a very very interesting time. Uh, you definitely want to have some short sleeves and comfortable. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: Do you miss being a technician when you go to these things? You kind of wish you're still at the bench. I or?
2: go to. I come to the meetings and everything else, and I'm still getting all of the various magazines and different other information. So I'm still fairly come involved uh, with. DLAT and dental all the mm-hmm. way around. Sure. To be honest with you, no, I don't really miss <laughs> being at the bench, okay?
0: Yeah, there's nothing uh, wrong was, with that. The stress of it.
2: <laughs> it was my time to go and just enjoy some time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm uh fully retired from the Air Force and fully retired from dental laboratory and now fully retired from everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everything except uh, the one thing that my wife and I came up with, we call it uh, GPDs, right? And so GPD stands for Grandparent Duties. There you go. (laughs) So we're loving it like crazy. Oh, yeah, that's an important duty.
1: Well, obviously, uh, you still love it because you're still going to the meetings, which is remarkable. It's one thing I don't think I will ever fall out of. I think no matter where I am in life, I'll always go to the meetings and enjoy the networking and the friends and everybody that we talk to.
2: Awesome. Oh, absolutely. They have the opportunity sometimes just to talk to, like I said, the camaraderie with the old guys that are about my age and everything else and find out that some of these guys were still going. Uh, talk to uh, Don and he's like 84 years old and uh, he's still one man lab, and uh, got some pretty good clientele that seems to be uh, sticking with him and. They're just going to ride this thing out till the end, you know? That's great. Very, very exciting to have that conversation with him. And the exciting part about that is, uh, like I said, you know, dentistry is kind of futuristic, right? With all of the things with uh, digital dentistry that's come online and the things that we used to literally do by hand are now being done by uh, machinery. And, you know, some people say we're being replaced, but I don't think we are. It just means that there's less people to do the job and somebody still has to operate the machine or the equipment, right? Yep. And then the final touches with the artistry of the uh, dental laboratory technician, I don't think that's going to ever be replaced. No. I completely agree. The computer is nothing but a tool. It's yep. a tool. Absolute tool. Absolute tool. And yep. it's, it's, and like all computers, what do we say about that? <laughs> They're great when they work. Yeah. It's, yeah. Stuck, it's stuck when it doesn't. <laughs> oh, God, it does. Uh, it's yep. a bad day when they don't work. <laughs> it's right. a bad day, man. When you got to go into the sheet, uh-uh. I just yeah. want to stay on top of my computer. All I need to know is the keyboard. I press the letter X. <laughs> I look at the monitor. I want to see an X on the board. That's it. You know, I don't know how I don't care how it got there.
1: <laughs> I don't give a how it gets there. <laughs> no, I don't care how I
2: got there. You know, that's it. You know, uh, I just mighty. want to push the button. And if I, it's supposed to go left, move left. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to move right, move right. That's it.
0: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> So what are you doing at the show today? Do you go to classes? Are you into still keeping up on the knowledge, or are you just visiting booths and friends?
2: Oh, absolutely. We go to the lectures and everything else and the presentations. You know, we get these newer guys that are coming in, newer doctors, newer technicians um, with newer techniques, you know, talking about the various materials that they're using to uh, solve problems. You know, this is a situation that I may have had with a uh, zirconia-type case or something like that. And they get to explain what they did and what they used to uh, to make that happen, and to come to the appropriate uh, resolution. That's so and awesome. end up with a you know beautiful prosthesis, and patient was happy. And of course, you know that's our final goal and our ultimate goal is to get to make our patients very very happy. And that's what we're all about. So, yeah, we get to go through the classes and everything else so that we can come in and get our uh, CDTs, which is a certified dental technician's certification. Oh, so yeah. You become a CDT. We know all about that. Yes, you're absolutely right. So you're a
1: right. CDT, I'm assuming.
2: I am a CDT. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's part of the reason why you come to the meeting as well. Yeah. So that I can continue to maintain my uh, CDT. Good for you. Yeah, Even so, though you
0: don't need it. I think that's great. Well, I keep it mainly know?
2: partly because I'm, a, like I said, you know, uh, an officer, if you will, in the uh, Dental Laboratory Association. My primary job with Dental Laboratory Association is uh, exhibitor administrator. So I help the vendors and exhibitors that are coming to our show with any questions or problems that they may have.
3: Nice. And we're
2: always trying to uh, keep everything running nice and smooth as we possibly can. Okay. Now but, I uh, know who you are. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes,
0: last year you helped us with the booth. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, for people that don't know, we're not there. We can't see the people, so yeah. <laughs> now it's making sense, yes. How about the
2: black guy with the gray beard, huh?
0: <laughs> now I know who you I are. I used to
2: have hair, but it's uh, it's all gone now. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, that's the fun part and everything else and maintaining that is our P D T. Yeah. So uh, we get to do that. But the other thing is that I'm listed as an exhibitor. Yeah. So by putting on an exhibit hall here and uh, with the organization, if anybody should falter or miss or not able to come to the show or something like that, depending upon what that person was going to do or speak on or whatever. I could always go in as a speaker or a guest speaker or something that nature, to replace that person and they'll be able to get our CDT credits. Heck yeah. Yeah. So we're always going to make that uh, possible. Most of the time in a two day show that we have, we can give people somewhere between 16 to 18 hours of credit in two days. That's awesome. And I think that's pretty awesome. That
0: is real awesome.
1: Yes. Great.
2: But we're hopefully that they're not coming just to fill a square. I get it. Yeah.
1: I think everybody just really loves
2: it. Come here with some enthusiasm and willing to, ready to learn, you know, and make this thing better than it was yesterday.
1: Well, you know, Larry,
0: if people come in with half the enthusiasm you have at retirement for education and wanting to keep up on things, it's amazing. It's an inspiration, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I hope I have that much. When I retire, I hope I want to keep learning as much as you do.
3: Yeah, me too. I think in,
2: in part of my uh, life in this situation with dentistry, the old saying is find something you love to do and you never have to work a day in your life. Keep so, doing it. Yeah, just keep on doing it. You know, Just keep doing it. But uh, I can't see myself doing any work at the bench anymore.
0: <laughs> I get it.
2: But uh, everything else is, is just great, okay? And a big part of that is, you know, the thing about dental laboratory technicians, that's a hard working group. All right.
3: Yeah. Even though we do
2: have the new machinery, equipment, materials and things to make life a little bit better and uh, make prosthesis better and all those things. Uh, it's still pretty hard work okay long hours long hours even with the computers people are yes. still
0: working 12 16 hours a day so
2: exactly
0: nobody's being replaced
3: here
2: <laughs> nobody's being replaced here at all okay if, if this is what you want to do and it's like i say it's been fun and everything else i've really enjoyed it but it was definitely time to go and it was on my terms if you will yeah so yeah. that's uh, that's even better that's and I'm awesome. still, I mean, Dr. Kaleck and I, we still see each other and everything else. As a matter of fact, I actually trained my own replacement. Oh, nice. Yeah. The guy named Sam I wanted to uh, become a dental laboratory technician. I said, hey, don't waste my time. And I'll be more than happy to share everything I know with you, you know. So it worked out really, really well. So when I left there, Sam was had been doing dental about three years or so. And he's really, really took to it like. I mean duck to water, you know. You You took this person off the street? Yes.
1: When you see them grow like that, that's gotta be so gratifying.
2: It is. It is.
1: Great story.
2: But I I gave him some pretty hard options. (laughs) I'm sure you did. (laughs) Like if you want this, I'm willing to help you, I'm willing to bend over backwards and work with you on it, okay? But I think you wasted my time. Oh yeah. Dropping this is done. It's over. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So he got excited about it and uh, he got turned on. It really did. And it uh, turns out he had great hands and uh, good eyes and good color vision, you know, so he could actually see the various colors. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware that we work with nano differences between colors. Sure, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, color spectrum is like millions, right? Yeah.
0: We know how hard it is to bring somebody into a lab that knows absolutely nothing. Yeah.
2: Well, the way to do that is, uh, you know, you take about a good 12 months and you plan everything. And I would say start from removable by working with a complete denture Mm -hmm. and then go to the partial denture and then go to Crown and Bridge where the person is actually making the tooth. A single tooth and then making multiple teeth, okay? Oh, yeah. And then they can go into very specialized prosthesis like mouth guards, night guards, or snoring devices, things like that, okay?
3: Mm-hmm. By that
2: time, that person is pretty well versed on it. But uh, the first six months is pretty much hands on, mm-hmm. all right? And then the next six months is hands off. Let me explain that real quickly. It's a hands-on technique. All of the cases that we're actually working with, we don't have practice models in a closet somewhere just yeah. waiting for somebody to come and learn. Everything that we do is on a live case and a live models and uh, real patient, you know? Mm-hmm. So I will demonstrate on half the case maybe and what needs to be done. And then he gets to do the other half up to a certain point and let me inspect it, see if it's satisfactory and then move on from there. So we would step through the case just like that. Nice. That's
1: exactly how I learned.
2: And then after a while, you know, six months or so, going through the various fabrication process, then we can just talk to each other next to each other about the case. He shows me the case, asks me a question. Great. Move on to the next step. You know, looks good. You know, stuff like that. So now I don't necessarily have to touch the case. Yeah, and I'm
1: sure you're not hard on him at all, right? Wink, wink.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can you possibly imagine a person like me being hard on somebody? No, no, not me. I just lay down the ground rules. That's it. Yeah, and if you can't accept that, then uh, chances are you're probably not going to be with me. Okay, you, you gave yeah, them
0: you the military training, kind <laughs> of sorta.
2: That's the way you do it. Oh
0: yeah. Is Sam a CDT or going to become one?
2: He's been studying and thinking about becoming a CDT, the last and, uh, I heard. And
1: as
2: far as I know, they're very, very happy at this time with uh, Dr. Kaleck, and Dr. Kaleck is still happy with him. So Aww. thanks That's great. Well. last time I was in the office, you know, we had a nice little chat around, and uh, everybody seemed to be pretty happy. That's awesome. That's got to
1: be fantastic. Good for you. That's amazing. And the doctor.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah the doctor and you know our families we pretty much grew up together there for the most part we all know each other pretty well so everybody's doing well sweet I'm happy. Nice.
0: awesome larry thank you so much for sitting
2: down with us that was yeah. great i greatly appreciate it thank you for the opportunity
1: enjoy the meeting
2: continue to stay safe all thank right you. we'll talk to you later all right thanks. bye thanks bye
1: thank you that was awesome thank you, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you last year too. Thank you for helping us.
2: Oh, you're very kindly appreciated. <laughs> hey, Larry,
3: you want to introduce Scott?
1: Keith is rocking it. Yeah, man. we need to take Keith yeah, with you us. he's got me
0: rocking over here
2: and everything else. All right, over <laughs> there. <laughs> no, they can't oh, okay. really see you. anything right. else again. Just, but well, you're going to go ahead. And all right, some that sounds later. good. Are you guys still there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great, great. Okay, next person coming up is going to be Scott D.
3: McGee.
2: McGee, okay, and yeah. long-term friend and acquaintance and associate of mine. And I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Thank right. you. And Take care. The,
3: all right. I was roped up uh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to do this, but I've also watched you guys. I know you're quite entertaining sometimes.
0: Uh, thank <laughs> so, you. Scott, what's your last name?
3: My last name is McGahay, M-C-G-A-H-A.
1: Hay.
0: I like yes. it. McKay. Wow, just as it's spelled.
3: Just as it's spelled. And I
0: wouldn't have been able to spell it. That's great. That's all
3: right. You can call me. I've been called everything. What do they say? You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for
0: dinner. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. We are joined by Scott McKay here at the Argon booth at the DLAT meeting, recording live, not live. Scott, how are you, sir?
3: I'm doing good. Tell us, Scott, what do you do in Texas? I uh, own and operate president of Precision Ortho Labs. So we're predominantly all ortho. We make retainers, night guards, functional appliances. Uh, you know, we do kind of dab a little bit, everyone, in intermediate partial. Do little flippers and things of that nature. But I've been doing yeah. this for quite a while. But that's the specialty that we uh, we stay in.
1: It has been a while since we've talked to somebody from ortho. We love that's ortho. That's what Keith that was, was saying. Interviews I've Kate. been doing
3: it a while. Awesome. Yeah. How'd you get into it? My story is actually somewhat interesting. I, when I was 17 years old, I was going to the orthodontist and I I was still in high school yeah. and I'd worked several jobs. And um, I was very interested in orthodontics and my original plan was to be an orthodontist. So I went to my orthodontist, said, hey, you got a job for me? And he said, well, I gonna let you do a little bit of lab work. He put me in the lab and at 17, I actually somewhat self-taught myself. I've kind of been jack of all trades, good at none, but... It was interesting. I got in the middle of that and I I realized I was very proficient. It was like I found my gift. Yeah. And so I worked for him for about three more years. And when I was about 19, I had some of his buddies come to me and said, Hey man, can you do some of our work at night? So I did that with his blessing uh, in his office, in his lab. And then probably when I was about 20 years old, I had enough of those guys and I went and opened my own place and, and I, uh, began to do their work and I continued to do his work for a couple more years. And actually, eventually I wound up uh, training someone to work in-house for him, kind of on the house. He was a, a great mentor to me. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely something that was still still valuable. So I started the business when I was around 21 years old. So I'll be 55 in November. So I've been doing it a while. Hey, that's
1: amazing! At 21 years old, that you started your own laboratory. Kudos yeah, yeah, to you! Yeah, yeah. Takes a lot yeah, of. I'm guys. not
3: sure what I got myself into, but now <laughs> I'm in it. So here <laughs> I still stand. Wow! What do you mostly make? Holly retainers. We do a lot of holly retainers. We do a lot of night guards. Kind of our big specialty is the thermal night guard products. Okay. You know, it's it's like a hard night guard, or looks like a hard night guard, feels like one, but. When you're ready to seat it, you can drop it in hot water for about a minute and then pour off the water, put it in the patient's mouth and have them bite down. It's kind of like a Jolly Rancher nice. you know, for about yeah. 20 seconds. And it allows perfect point contact. So it takes those night guard chair side for those doctors from an hour down to about five minutes. Wow. So we sell a ton of that stuff but we really kind of have a mix of everything when we run our numbers my CFO runs our numbers and we look at it we kind of make a little bit of everything about the same percentages uh, between retainers between expansion devices between night guards it's always kind of a nice even mix we have a we do business all over the nation
0: do you really wow yeah. Usually ortho is a pretty localized thing. That's great. That it, it started
3: that way for probably the first 10 years of my business. But then just as time went on and we actually began to utilize Lone Star Overnight and UPS and just became more comfortable with that, we actually have a solution on our website where a doctor can go and click on a UPS logo, create a, an air bill. That mm-hmm. he can, you know, throw something in a box, print out the air mill, schedule the pickup at the same day. And we get it the following day from most, almost every state. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it allows pretty, you know, an ortho is really quick turnaround. It's a it's a hard, fast business. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit different than the other specialties. And so we're we're literally like we're working in a kitchen constantly. We're, we're yeah. on the move all the time.
1: How do you guys market? How do you guys get new clients in that and?
3: You know, I mean, the, the the old typical people talk to people that has been, I would say, where probably 70 percent of our business comes from. And then what over that? the years, being in the business for a long time, you know, we'll have clients that work for some of our corporate doctors mm-hmm. and then they'll go out and start their own practices. So we're still doing business for the corporations. And then as these guys open their own practice, they continue to do business with us uh we've been really fortunate to keep really good customer retention and then we do some mailers and then there are times you know if the well, pre covid obviously i'm working like crazy as we've come back personally in the lab again like i was back when i was 20 years old okay. <laughs> uh, I think everybody's doing that. And that's okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's good to get back in the thick of things. But, you know, I've hired salespeople and we work with that. But but I've kind of found that really, as my financial advisor tells me, is I'm a better salesperson than a technician. So I let my technicians do the work. And I actually go out and, and do a lot of the, the cold calling and, and just, you know, making ourselves known. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Doctors, you know, they're hard to get. But a lot of times they don't know what their options are. They're busy and they may be frustrated, but they don't ever look around. And so it really takes kind of going in. I think people still buy from people. You know, I'm I'm a a big proponent of that. And, you know, I I went through a period of time where I feel like I kind of lost contact with all my customers. We were really busy. You know, we, we saw there was a little bit of a shift in the business. And so about two or three years ago, I started kind of getting back out and reconnecting with my clients. And it's a hard thing to do as a, as a lab owner because you really need to be there running the lab, but you also need to be connecting with your clients. But I found when I connect with the clients and you know a name with a face, you can do beautiful work. But if they don't know you, there's no loyalty. Yep. But if you do solid work, you deliver on time, and they like you, they'll do business with you. Oh, so that's kind of our motto: we do really good work on time. There may be somebody that's a much better craftsman at uh, our product than we do. But you know, it's kind of that deal between trying to make a dollar and having a good client base.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well said. That personal connection is so important.
3: Very much.
0: Even more so when it's not local. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It it really is. And you know, I'm obviously, I'm I don't feel old, but I am in my mid fifties. But I'm lucky enough. I I've got married later, had kids later, so I'm my kids have forced me to know a lot of technology. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I really try to utilize. You know, way before COVID hit, we all kind of know it now, but Zoom calls, FaceTime, utilizing that when a client that, say, is in New Mexico and Santa Fe or something, a place that I rarely, you know, I'd love to go every day, but, you know, it's it's just a a time conversation. And, uh, you know, when you can call the doctor up and get them on FaceTime, they see you, you see them, and they even have a patient in the chair with a question. I mean, doing that one time a year is invaluable for them to even that you even suggested and you take 10 minutes of your day to connect with them to help them you know it's kind of like pulling the thorn out of the tiger paw oh yeah um, and i think noticing that if more lab owners would would understand that the clients they still want to they they don't want to see you all the time but they do want to know you're right there and they want to know who you are Yep. yeah
1: and that builds loyalty too i mean it they does being able to be a text away or a phone call away. And always-
3: yeah, and loyalty these days is uh, is, is very fleeting. Yeah. And it has been for, you know, once the corporation's bought into a lot of these practices, you know, the doctors may like you, but but it's hard for them to stay loyal when, mm-hmm. when their corporation goes a different direction. So that's another thing. If you have corporate clients, you need to find out who the players are, who the decision makers are, and whether they're a doctor or not. You need to, you know, reach out send a box of cookies or, or do something. I mean, the, the marketing pieces are not massive. They're just necessary. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You don't need to spend millions. You just got to right. do it right.
1: So you mentioned your kids or any of them in the business?
3: Well, strangely enough, my son, uh, who's 19 just started online college and it's been really difficult. Anybody that has kids, they'll understand that I'm, I'm fortunate I don't have small children. My daughter's a senior, um, they're two years apart, but my son just started first year college and this has been tough for him. He, had, he wasn't a, a great student, but his senior year, he decided to rally and really try to make it happen. And then COVID, you know, shut down his senior year. He did graduate, but he was looking forward to going to college and being in class. And that's not yeah. happened for him. Yeah. And then he had been working at a job that had shut down. And so he actually, about two months ago, comes and works for me part-time in the evenings, Uh, just kind of helping organize. And he's got a great creative mind, but he's not as tactile as probably I am, but he's got a great digital mind. And so, you know, the last several years, we are going much more digital. We have digital printers in our lab. We do simple aligners and, you know, we take the files using three shape program and and uh, we do simple cases. And so um, I have him doing some, you know, some of the end of the day work. And then I've also put him into the digital deal. So it was a, it wound up being a perfect fit. And it's been pretty cool because we get to,
2: we get yeah. to, you know,
3: hang out in the evenings because I'm working so much. I don't get to see them as often as I want. And so I at least get to see him. And then my daughter is still in school and FFA and she shows cattle. She's with my wife down in Waco, Texas at a cattle show we're about
2: Two hours ago, while I was in
3: class, there a few minutes ago, I was watching online as she was in the show ring, and and uh, she didn't didn't win first, but she got way up there. So uh, that's uh, so I get to spend a little time with her on the weekends doing that. But working and keeping your family balance as a lab owner, it can be really difficult. Oh so, yeah, there are times that it that the lab can overwhelm. My wife owns an interior design firm that does high end residential, and and she does business all over the world actually, and so. We're a working family, so our children have melded and traveled with us and done different things. And so we're, a, we're an entrepreneurial family. And yeah. I would imagine my kids, as much as they always say, they don't want to own their own business because they see how much we work they'll probably end up owning their own business. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know your son's going to fall in love with it, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, You know, I don't know. I, uh there, It's one of those things that I have several friends in the restaurant business and they have their kids working, but they're like, I don't want them doing this the rest of their life. So I've loved doing what I'm doing, but it's a hard job. So yeah. maybe he can get on a different side of it, maybe. But, you know, whatever he chooses to do, I'll support it.
0: Oh, yeah. thank you. So That's how'd great. you get into digital? What was the first thing in, um, in an ortho did you like adapt well,
3: to? Sort of by force, uh, to be honest. It yeah. wasn't something that we were just, oh my God, this is so awesome. Uh, digital hit us when I was, you know, probably about, we knew it was coming, but about three to four years ago, it started coming in pretty hard on us. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm an old dog having to learn some new tricks. And again, I like computers. I like all that, but I mean, you know, you, you get, you fear what you don't know.
0: Sure. And, yeah. um,
3: but honestly, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I realized if we don't figure this out and we don't make the investment, you know, and that was a hard part, you know, being in business a long time, you got everything paid for your buildings paid for you. You've done well. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you're investing a couple hundred thousand dollars again in capital equipment, you know, like, man, I'm, now I'm in it again, you know, I, there's no oh, exit yeah. strategy here. <laughs> I made a decision that I I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't ready to stop, wasn't ready to quit. So I said, well, you know, I uh, love building hot rods and motorcycles and I've figured all that out. So let's figure this out. And so I was very fortunate to have several people. I just kind of observed those that were beginning, that were figuring it out mm-hmm. and reached out and asked for help from other lab owners, which is also something that we don't do very often. And I didn't do a lot. But I saw guys that were doing it. I said, hey, man, do you mind teaching me what you're doing or helping me figure it out? And I was very fortunate that I had some people that just sort of the right opportunity, the right moment. And, and then I partnered with some really good vendors as far as there's a company called Sculpt here in Dallas that we work with Envision Tech a lot with our digital printers. That's kind of my printer of choice. They have been great support to us and they have great printers that are a little more expensive than some of the other ones on the market. But so far it has been worth the investment. You know, I just, I went for it. And, And then the problem was my clients began to call and they're like, dude, what about this? You know, they'd see that I was doing it, but they weren't doing digital yet. And so it kind of was an interesting flip that suddenly I'm the educator for my clients again. And that's been a really big blessing because suddenly you know something they don't, yeah, which shifts the playing field. Because, you know, we're always the baker in the back of the kitchen for doctors a lot of times. I mean, some of them are very, very grateful. But, you know, you guys in the business, you know how it is. Yep. You learn to live with it. You know, you learn to... No, it's a great living. They you don't have to to be the star and you know, make a good living at it, enjoy yourself. And but it kind of switched the playing field that suddenly I was beginning to educate my doctors. You know, I pretty much told them, I'm like, you don't have to do it now, but you will do it eventually, or you will be out of business. Yeah. Just like my business model. And so slowly but surely they're they're coming on board. So we're probably I would say that probably 35 to 40% of our business has gone digital. Wow. And and it's beginning to really like that. That number is beginning to tick very quickly. Like it kind of started out slow, but it's like, you know, people are putting on the gas and it's also gave us a little bit of market grab, you know, for other laboratories that were afraid of and didn't want to do it. We've been able to have a little bit of market grab for those clients. We don't have it all figured out, but I think the biggest thing is to be honest with your customers. And let them know you don't have all the answers, but you will find the answer and y'all will do it together. So the beauty of this moment is the learning curve I've done with my a lot of my digital clients. And most of them have been very gracious and worked with us to learn the process without... You know, getting mad that something didn't work out in the beginning when we couldn't get the band size rights on the digital models and we were making RPEs. And, you know, because we lost some customers in that process we'd have for a long time, but then we gained other customers. Mm. It's been a massive, hard, fast learning curve, but but we're in the game. We're doing it. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Is there an intraoral scanner that's better suited for ortho than others?
3: Well, you know, initially there was, but I'd say in the last two years, you know, my clients asked me that we do love working with the iTero simply because right now their portal is the easiest to grab the cases from, the quickest to grab the cases from. But as far as the actual physical scan, I mean, we do CareStream, we do 3M, obviously we take Three shape, trying to remember the name of their scanner, but trios, trios. Yeah, we use three shape to build our models and to do our liners and all that stuff. So obviously that's pretty easy. But I'll tell you what, we do have some clients that use the EZRX product, but not all of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It would probably be easier if they do. And I, I don't even know the. I knew the original guy that started EZRX, but I don't know the guys who have it now but I will will love the day when the workflow all comes in from one place because it is like playing Jenga to to catch all of the scans. You know, you get something, you're alerted by an email, but we have to go through and check, you know, our 3 shape portal, our iTero portal you know it's it, and I would say that honestly about eighty five percent of our scans right now are iTero. Mm-hmm. but I have to check my care stream my three shape you know my trios I have to check all of those or have my guys check them every day to see if something's come in it's been very interesting to do that, but it is definitely it's like playing a crossword puzzle uh, i I literally left here went back to the office last night and kind of had to unravel a couple of cases that they got crossed up because of that very situation. And, you know, as I always say, as long as you can catch it before you end the lab, you know, they get out of the lab and then you're good. So, Oh, yeah.
0: That's my saying. It's not a problem if it hasn't left yet.
3: That's what I always say. As long as we can fix it before it leaves, we're good.
0: But, yeah, but you're right about those scans. I know there's a lot of companies out there coming out with something that's going to help organize that and yep. maybe streamline it. But, yeah, I have an employee that spends half of her day just... Going through all the sites and downloading and printing yeah. and scheduling. and It's, it's just, crazy. It's crazy. It really yeah, the scan,
3: is. The scans themselves, I think that most of the scanners seem to have caught up with each other, the actual physical product. Yeah. Initially, we had some issues with a few of them. And I don't even know if it was the scanner or it was the, you know, we're, we're getting back to the end user problem. You know, you thought the, the brilliance of scanning would, we would never have bad impressions. Well. You know, they yeah, still messed yeah. that up too. We figured out. So oh, yeah. it's been interesting, but, but, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. Yeah. So at least we, we understood what, what happens when you take a bad scan, you got a call. So it was, that wasn't a new process for us.
1: Well, uh, even with the scan, I mean, that they still need us to help educate them on what they're
3: Absolutely.
1: Doing, what absolutely. They get better. It's the same type of animal. It's just a different process.
3: So. That's perfectly said. Perfectly yeah. said. I'm going to use that one if you don't mind.
0: <laughs> you don't even have to worry about margins.
3: <laughs> no. no, exactly. You know, and what's crazy is that they'll still have something not fit and they'll call and yell about it. And, you know, and I I learned this from a, an old technician years ago that I always have to tell him, say, listen, I can only paint on the canvas that you send me. And yeah. uh, you can be philosophical and, and have a and, and feel good about saying that all day long, but it don't matter when they're mad. So yes. sure. you know, it just you got to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is a bad ortho scan? So, did they miss the, the tissue, the gum line?
3: No, they'll, they'll miss tissue. I mean, like say they want a an expander or a wraparound retainer, uh, and they won't scan all the way to the back into you know, the hamular notch, or yeah, or they'll leave holes in the scan. That's that's you know the bigger problem is the holes in the scan. And then you're trying to get your software to build it and it doesn't work. Yeah. Luckily, it seems like the scan companies like Itero and 3Shape, they're beginning to have processes in their situation that help us on that end. I literally, Thursday night, I saw an email that Itero's coming out with a new portal and I had to do a little quick tutorial that I had to take. I literally saw that email at 1030 at night uh, that it was due that day. I don't even know. Maybe They may have sent it up. You know, a month ago, I didn't see it, you know, because I got a new portal going online on the 18th of October. And so luckily I jumped down and then I watched the tutorials and they had you take a little, you basically had to vet that you did watch it. Yep. But it looks like they are putting into place inside their program, a situation that helps you fix some of the scans. So I will see it when it comes out. I wouldn't 100%. Yeah. But anyway, they're working with us too. And I'm very grateful for all, if any of you companies like that, we're grateful. If yeah. y'all are listening. We're grateful for that.
0: No, Itero—they really listen to labs, and this new yeah. portal allows us because we just got it here. It really allows us to give feedback to the doctor directly.
3: Yeah, I saw that. That was an opportunity, yeah. and, and Trio's kind of has that on uh, inside three shape. Mm-hmm. My hope is: are these guys when we send the feedback, are they going to see it quick enough? to get us the information back in order to meet the deadline or or the the due date. We'll have to see. And I think that's going to be an education that we're going to have to give our doctors. Say, listen, the the new process is I need you all to be watching. If there's a bad scan, I'm going to email you. Because that would be great to not have to constantly make phone calls. And we'll have them send us stuff without prescriptions. And then you got to call them. And, you know, those parts are very frustrating. You know, the old school, get a model, get a plaster model lab slip, tell you what you want to do, knock it out. You got it done in no time. I do miss that part of it when it comes to digital, but you know, it's a pros and cons. There, there are other good things about it. It is kind of cleaner and it, it kind of puts a bit of dignity into the laboratory business to be able to print a model and knock it off the, the printer and it's all pristine and yeah. nice. That, that's nice as well. It, it kind of feels a little more clinical.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Is anything done in ortho not printing a model or do you always print a model?
3: So there are things you can do. We haven't started doing it. There is a printable night guard material mm-hmm. that has been certified. I have not gone there yet simply because we do so many thermal products. Yeah,
0: you can't print And soft the reason things. I yeah. stay
3: with the thermal product is like we rarely have remakes. I've been doing night guards for years. And when we started doing thermal night guards, I mean, it almost cut the remakes down to zero. The only time you get a remake is if you got a grinder they cracked through it and it really wasn't a a product issue or a build issue. It was a a clincher that was snapping things. Yeah. And um, so I'm not pushed to go into that, but once, you know, I'm kind of the guy that likes to watch everybody else and see, how well it works i don't I don't, I don't think i'm not a pioneer but i, I mean as uh, my wife says is i'm crazy in life and cautious in business yeah. and that kind of sums me up i'll go base jump off of a building in new york city but i want to watch and make sure nothing goes wrong with the new new products you know that come out so you know that's something that we will probably be doing eventually uh, and I look forward to it. And as we buy more printers and we have more capacity, I will absolutely be going down that path. Yeah. But right now we pretty much print the model and then we still physically make just like we would if we had a plaster model. We make all of our stuff. We still hand make it. Yeah. Don't mess with a good thing, man, if it's working
0: for you. Absolutely. I love it when people call and tell me a night guard broke and if it was under warranty. And I oh, yeah. And I always <laughs> say, well, did the teeth break? No. Well, then it did its job. That's it. it looks like you need another one.
3: Never said that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we do an unspoken one-year warranty, and I, but I don't write that down anywhere. And I do ask, does it have dog bite marks in it or does it look like somebody's car drove over it? Yeah. We try to work with it. That's great.
0: Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much, man. It sounds like you're killing it in the ortho. We love. Well, it. Well, we're
3: trying. We're grateful to just be in business right now. I'll be honest. It, this has been a, a bit uh, during the time of COVID. I had to lay off all but two of my staff. I mean, we laid off a bunch of people. Yeah. We brought back most everybody, and then we're you know we could, we're now starting to need a few more people. But we've been super busy, and again, we we gutted our office, remodeled our office, took a 30-foot dumpster and threw away things we've been needing to throw away for 20 years and yeah. cleaned everything up painted walls, painted floors and came back with a new attitude so I'm just grateful that we're still in the game That's oh, awesome
0: yeah. Me too. Awesome, thanks so much Scott, we it. appreciate it
3: Okay, well I'm going to uh, grab Keith yeah. and uh, thanks for the time guys
0: Absolutely, enjoy the rest of the show Yes sir Whitmix brings you one of the most exciting things on the market today, the patient. Yes, it's true. The one missing component in any case we do is the patient. But now you can change that.
1: Whitmix introduces the Bellus 3D Dental Pro Face Scanning Solution.
0: This new practical addition to dentistry provides the dentist with a fast, easy, and affordable way to capture a detailed 3D facial scan And it allows the laboratory an intelligent way to create
1: a smile design. With this app, complete a 3D facial and even whole head scan. can even be captured for virtual model and articulator alignment, which is pretty cool. You can now put a face to your digital workflow with the Bellis 3D Dental Pro. Learn more about this sought-after product by calling Lorena Lightheart at 970-218-9101
0: or emailing her at llightheartatwitmix.com. And be sure to watch Lee Culp presenting a Whitmix webinar entitled Bellas 3D Dental Pro, Creating the Virtual Patient. You can find that at whitmixcom forward slash webinars. We appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix.
1: A big, huge thanks to Larry and Scott for sitting down with us at our live but not live at the Argon booth at the DLAT. And again, Keith Wilson, you're amazing. Thank you for lining up all the great people that we got a chance to talk to. It was truly awesome and we really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be a really long Saturday, but it was really quite interesting and super awesome. So thank you. And everybody remember to make your plans for the Vision 21 meeting at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville, Tennessee. And I would like to give a shout out, Elvis. There was a couple things you sent me. One was an email we got from Lori, and then we also got a shout out from Greece. So thank you guys for listening to us. And we're listening to you when you give us feedback. We're going to sit down and talk about some tables and see if we can get that going again, right?
0: Absolutely. Lori mentioned how she liked the early episode tables. Yep. So we're going to see if we can put some together and uh, get them going again.
1: Yep. And we put our money where our mouth is or our mouth where our money is and we listen. So thanks. For- Feedback and Greece. What do you think about Greece? That's pretty cool, huh?
0: That is awesome. I didn't think anybody in Greece was listening to us. But if you, but when the pandemic's over and you'd like Voices of the Bench to come to your country, feel free to send us a message at <laughs> and we'll be there. Yeah, Greece. Hey, why not? Yeah, I'm in. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We appreciate it. Have a good week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Alright, let's act like we've never done this before. Okay.